Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 22 of the Thistle Rugby Podcast. If you're immediately pining for the warm, dulcet tones of Dave, I'm sorry to say that he can't make it today, but you'll be left with the harsh, nasally tones of myself and our very own in-house analyst, Matt Haney. Matt, how are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Shame that Dave can't be here. Why is is he not here? So, (laughs) it's all been a bit cryptic, to be honest. He... He sort of just said that he couldn't be around this week, so I did a sort of little bit of digging and spoke to his other half's friends. My understanding is his other half has been so shocked by his sort of rapid weight gain over Christmas and sort of into sort of the winter period that she has forced him to go to a vegan and juicing detox in the south of Portugal. Well, well, I was with him at the weekend and he was looking quite big and he was talking about getting a gastric band, so... I mean, Makes sense. I, I, I kind of thought we might have to do an intervention because I think it's been actually been taken too far. But <laughs> it's uh, no good to know that his other half is looking out for him. And um, yeah, hopefully he'll come back fresh and revived for next week. Um, and obviously you can find us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod. Is that correct? I think so, yeah. And on Instagram at Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod to see... Very ad hoc posts and um, the odd meme that we've started trying to do. So yeah, that was that was our best content to date, actually. Yeah, becoming meme lords. Yeah. A <laughs> um, couple of reviews I thought I'd put in. I thought I was going to bring two. Go for it. Um, quite polarizing reviews, I'd say. <laughs> um, the first one from BRJ Bruce. Subject: Life changing. Five stars. All he's wrote is, I'm a different person. 
good man. I mean, I, I definitely was not with the guy at the time <laughs> when I wrote that, but, you know, that's a complete independent, unpaid review. I'm good pretty man. sure that's where 85% of our podcast <laughs> reviews have come from, is us oh, the asking people to do it. just the three of us as well. And then oral-1-2-3, subject, not worth listening to, <laughs> one star, and he's commented, not great. I mean, succinct, to the point. He says what he thinks. I think I've got two issues with that. I feel that if you're going to give a one-star review, at least give some sort of constructive criticism. Or something funny. Or something funny, yeah. And also, I feel like not great is like two stars. I don't feel like that is bottom of the barrel <laughs> one star. So, yeah. no, there we go. It's, mi- it's a minefield out there, isn't it? It's, you know, it's a tough, wor- it's a tough world putting yourself on the line like that. <laughs> o- ORO123 just comes at you. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know. Anonymous keyboard warrior. I've got feelings, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, right, we've got a quick... I think we're going to do a quick little pod today. We've not, sadly... We've sort of sent emails to a, a range of ex-Scottish international legends who have all ignored us over the last week. Obviously got much better paying gigs than us. Yeah, definitely. And by better paying, I mean they actually pay. pay. <laughs> <laughs> um, just going to have a quick podcast today. We've got going to cover some news that's come out we're going to go do a review of the scotland england game that's happening this weekend and we're going to briefly cover the edinburgh glasgow came to this weekend and the resurgence of the pudding unbelievable Unbelievable. what a man couldn't couldn't happen to a better bloke (laughs) super happy for the guy right kicking off into the news matt scott on the edinburgh website last night returning home to the capital what are your thoughts on that it's good i mean we the, the rumour is out. We did confirm it that it was definitely going to happen. So I think we'd like to take some credit for Edinburgh sort of pushing through the move. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think as we talked about the other week, I think it's a really good move. I think those sort of players who left Edinburgh a while ago, like him, sort of Denton, Laidlaw, to, to see at least one of them coming back is a good thing. And, and the way he was talking about the club, he was talking about Cockrell a lot and how his sort of vision and, and coaching style was a big motivation for him coming. So... I think that that's pretty positive, and it just adds like another you know international class center. Yeah, and, and the thought of having him and Bennett at twelve and thirteen with sort of Christine behind is is pretty exciting. I I agree. The thought of him and Bennett is sort of a really sort of mouth watering um, thing for <laughs> thing, <laughs> thing <laughs> for uh, next year. I guess my only concern is both massively injury prone. Yeah. And sort of pinning your attacking hopes on those two players seems like quite a big risk for Edinburgh going mm. forward. Yeah. I suppose you, you still have Christine and um, Phil Burley as well. As yeah. Like pretty capable replacements. I'm not sure you got beyond that. Russell, Russell Hill. Mate, he's looking big. <laughs> yeah, he, he is not... Why has he still got a contract? Yeah. He's clearly not doing the fitness training. Yeah, he's, exactly. But um, yeah, and then obviously talking about that, Christine re-signed this week. Yep, yep which good to see sort of an Edinburgh boy kind of re-signing, committing himself to Edinburgh. And I think, obviously, he's got some games time under Cockrell, and I think he's improved a lot this season. Yeah, I thought, um, I've not always rated him that highly, but I thought he was really good against Ulster, actually. So it really took the physicality to the team and looked like a bit of a leader out there, which I suppose he's been playing for Edinburgh for quite a long time now. Yeah. What did he start off in the back row? Um, at school, he played in the back row. And then he played sevens, and then he somehow got converted to a centre. Fair play. Yeah. Fair um, one of the int- more interesting stories this week, I thought, was 
Isaac Miller going to Worcester. Yeah. And we yeah. sort of chat about this. Can we, Isaac Miller played for Stu Mel 2s, is that correct? When I was playing for Stu Mel, he was, fair enough, straight out of school, and he played for the 2s the whole season. And then he was on the fringes of the Scotland Under-20 team, just because I don't think they had many hookers. And they said to him, you've got to go and play Prem, prem on rugby if you want to be considered. Fair play to him, he went to Curry, played in their first 15 for a while, played under-20s. Uh, and then he went to Loughborough and became captain there, which is, you know, like of their, their, their like Saturday team in that yeah. national one. Yeah. Um, and then the Loughborough coach went to London Scottish, brought him and a few other guys over. He's only had one season there now. And then he's off to Worcester. Absolutely class. Amazing journey. Yeah. Um, one of the funniest stories of the week, Liam Masaga getting a run out for his hometown club. Great to see him popping down to Troon. <laughs> Wait, did you see him score in the, the highlights? I don't think he could have cared less. <laughs> he's so he's like so slow and pretty big. He could have just gone in the corner and he actively decided to run at this sort of young, <laughs> fresh faced curry opposition. Like plumber. Yeah. And then he had Vanessa playing for them. Mate, he literally looked like a forty year old who'd played in like the ITM Cup. Who'd yeah. been brought over. He remi- did not like a professional paid rugby player. He reminded me of that foreign player that the kind of coaches sort of ship over from um, sort of the southern hemisphere, and there's kind of loads of chat about him, and he looks really big, and then he turns up, and you're like, oh god, you are literally terrible. <laughs> He's been a bit of a weird signing actually for Glasgow. Yeah, He's kind not of done much. Kind of had him and Mata, who were both sort of brought in to do relatively similar jobs at Edinburgh and Glasgow, and it feels yeah. like Mata sort of really actually kicked on and been a real sort of highlight of the year, whereas Vinice has just really, really struggled in the games that we've we've watched. I wonder if he only has like a one-year contract and that'll be, that'll be that. Yeah. I don't know. He'll get released. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised. And then RIP Marside. It's over. The dream <laughs> is over. How many games? Like 10? Not even that? Not even that. Six? Seven? Yeah. I mean... It just it just seems the whole thing that every year there's a new decision or there's not a decision. There just needs to be some form of continuity, surely. No, I I my my issue with the whole Marseille thing is it feels like over the last sort of six to seven years the SOU have taken a much more sort of long term strategic approach and actually Marseille seems as like a bit of an outlier mm. in terms of something where quite a lot of short term um options have been have been taken and I, I still just think that it must be because they're waiting for that Edinburgh Ackies ground and that delay of what has been almost like five years as Edinburgh Ackies and the Grange sort of fight out between themselves and what passed it at the weekend there's nothing there yeah there's literally nothing there it's going to take a while to build so it's um, it looks like for a while and it looks like well temporary stands in the back of Murrayfield are going to be the way to go which I think is, o- o- is an upgrade on Marside yeah, yeah. I just can't quite picture it at the moment to see what it what it looks like. Yeah. And whether it just will feel like a practice match because you don't have a sort of... I, I suppose you do have the infrastructure, but it would very, to me it very much feels as if you've got Murrayfield and then just like a, a kind of extra limb. Yeah. It might look a bit out of place. No, it'd be interesting to see how they actually implement it. Mm. Final piece of news today. Scotland under 20 coaches meant to be leading the young minds and bodies of future Scottish rugby out in Cardiff, get in a fight, get absolutely chinned, have all been disciplined. (laughs) 
I don't, it wasn't Cardiff, but what? It wasn't. It, it wasn't Cardiff. It was like a regional town. Oh God! So, assistant coaches Ben Fisher and Nicky Walker have been suspended. Nicky Walker. <laughs> it was in Landudno in North Wales, on a <laughs> on like a Wednesday night. What the hell are they doing? Nicky Walker clearly loves a few swift ales, though. Yeah, I know, but it's just under twenties this year are really bad as well. Oh, it just yeah. doesn't help. Yeah. Um, it, it sounds as if that they didn't start it. Whatever happened, like I reckon a couple of they were like giving it the big licks. A couple a, of locals. It's a tough crowd in North Wales. <laughs> exactly. A couple of locals didn't take too kindly to the to the strangers in their in their bar. Had a go. I think it was like three in the morning. So it just it doesn't look good, does it? No, not at all. Right, just before we kick on to the main course, forgot to mention at the start, we should lift our bat. Half century for the pod, 50th episode. I don't think any of us thought that we'd get to the 50th episode. I was highly unsure if we'd get past the fifth episode. Um, yep. But yeah, it's been it's been a good run. It's taken up a lot of our time with very little reward. But apart from that, you know, do it for the love of Scottish rugby. Exactly. We do it for the now, I'm just checking this, 98,055 listens ever. That's pretty quite good. cool. That's pretty cool. That Guess to 100k, that'd be a big day. That does make me happy. Yeah, yeah. And on such a momentous occasion, leading up to the big one, the Calcutta Cup. Gregor Townsend has said that Scotland need to produce their best ever performance to end a 10-year winless run against England. And to do this, he is named an unchanged starting 15, but he's obviously brought in a few older heads, so WP Nell, uh, Swinson, and also Nick Grigg, who, to be fair, had an absolute stormer against the Cheetahs at the weekend, have have all been brought in. So... I think actually a lot of the, we were saying this, a lot of the noise this game is actually coming from the Scotland side. Obviously, there's been a few of the players who've been in the press, mm. Bergen. I saw Jim Telfer's been wheeled out by yeah, someone by, yesterday. Um, uh, Sky. Sky. God, he's going to lose it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Just puts him in a room with Murdoch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, whereas actually, uncharacteristically for sort of, specifically Eddie Jones, yeah. they've actually been quite quiet in their sort of build-up to this game. But I guess sort of go, going into the weekend, what are your thoughts on how Scotland need to approach this? And I think sort of thinking about that first 10, 15 minutes, how would you like to see Scotland go into this game? Yeah, first 10, 15 minutes can be crucial, obviously. I, I think that where we failed, particularly against Wales, was... You know, trying to go wide right from the start and playing a loose game yeah. from minute one. I, I would like to see, and this is where I think Greg Laidlaw comes into it, I would like to see them just getting a bit of um, yardage, ball in hand, keeping it tight for a little bit, testing out England for a few phases, and then you know, showing, showing some moves out wide, trying to get the strike runners into the game. Because I think that we need to... I, I don't think... We're obviously not going to dominate that pack physically but yeah. if we can set some marker that shows a bit of dog a bit of determination and physicality that says you know you're not gonna have an easy ride in the pack yeah and just get like um parity at set piece and the breakdown then that that'll bode really well for the rest of the match 
No, I, I, I completely agree. And actually, that's why I had, a, I had a feeling that they might bring in Josh Strauss mm. <laughs> for this game because I think I've seen, seen Ryan Wilson play against England quite a few times. And I think that we obviously have a big... We've always, we always have a big debate about Ryan Wilson and sort of whether yeah. he's an international quality player. And I think against sort of your Wales and your Ireland's and your sort of less physical teams, he's able to do a very good job. But I yeah. always think he's struggled against England spe- specifically. Yeah. Um, do you think we've got enough in that pack, I guess, to really take them up front considering that England are going to have Vuna Mako, yeah. Itoji, prob- possibility of Nathan Hughes being back. Mm. I mean, it just says, for someone like Hamish Watson, Stuart McAnally, I think we've sort of talked about them sort of stepping up. It's almost like this is the next level that they need to sort of bring it yeah. up to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think, like, as you said, Nathan Hughes is going to come in. Scotland don't have any players like him or, or Billy Vinopola. No. Vinopola. But Strauss is probably the closest thing that we have to it, or even Denton. Yeah. I just worry that that back row of Wilson, Barkley and Watson, just size-wise and sort of, not physicality, but just the overall power game will will struggle a bit. Um, I, I think that... The, the England pack is doubtless better than ours. It, but if if Barkley and Watson can slow the ball down at all, that make a big difference. But th- the thing about that is they haven't been able to in the first two matches. Like, yeah. Uh, particularly, Barkley's been pretty anonymous in, in both. Yes. I mean, I think he's done a lot of the, dirt, the dog work, but the breakdown's not really worked out for us. It wasn't no. a better game against France, but it, it, at the breakdown, once again, we got, we got bested. So... Yeah. That that's my worry. I think. I think Barkley, as captain at home against England, I think he really needs to sort of step up his game a little mm. bit and leave for the fire. I know we're sort of big fans of Barkley on this on this pod, but he has been a little bit off the pace. Yeah, and I'd say in both games he's lost out to his opposite man. Yeah, definitely. And I think if we're looking at the back row. Whilst obviously England might have that size with sort of hu- probably what Hughes, Robshaw, and Laws. Yeah, I think so. Jeez, <laughs> they're not sort of natural dogs on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Even Robshaw's not really mm. like a, a kind of breakdown. Spec. He's a bit slightly more of a link man and sort yeah. of a worker. And I think if we're gonna get the upper hand in this game, it's gonna be really right in the trenches. Yeah. I, I, I do agree, but then I look at the rest of the England pack and Itoji is really good over the ball. Launch is really good over the ball. Even Dan Cole is really good over the ball. Oh, and we don't Dan really Cole. have those players. Like, you know, like Gray doesn't make any steals, for example. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to be a pretty tough area. Let's draw on the assumption that the pack holds up. Mm-hmm. We've got obviously Laidlaw at nine, who had to actually play for Clermont at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the one, one of the few, ma- many downsides of playing for a French club is they don't care that you're on international <laughs> yeah. duty. And if yeah. you're not playing for Scotland, they will take you back. <laughs> and I think Clermont actually got pumped by uh, Leon at the weekend? Yeah, I think so. They definitely uh, got pumped, yeah. Um, looking at sort of that Laidlaw-Russell combination, there's sort of... There's been a sort of few voices coming out about Russell being obviously dropped for this game, which I think we sort of probably both agree is completely ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess that dynamic with Laidlaw, do you think Laidlaw's going to take more control of the game in the first half than he did against France? 
Yeah, I think so. And I think that sort of comes back to my point about just getting parity in that first 10, 15 minutes that I think Scotland will keep it tight and will at least try and keep it a bit tight and try and kick for territory as well. I thought yeah. that Laidlaw's box kicking against France was pretty good. Yeah. And I think that, you know, with the troubles that Finn's been having, particularly with his kicking, maybe Laidlaw sort of take that responsibi- responsibility on him on himself with the box yeah. kicks. Um, let Hogg kick to touch. <sighs> don't let Russell kick to touch. I've but had enough. You've got, to put, you've got to put a line in the sand. I know, but I just don't think they will. I think they're, they're sort of... Because Finn is such a confidence player. If you, like, take away the kicking, he might, like, throw his toys out the pram. But then he'll stop missing kicks and he'll <laughs> not... He'll stop ruining his confidence. Oh. <coughs> no, I, I, know, I know where you're coming from, but I guess my retort would be he's not a child. And yeah, at the end exactly. of the day, he should be smart enough to realise that he keeps fucking up. I'd be happy to see Hogg kicking for touch. Hogg's got a bigger boot as well. Hogg's kicking for touch in the second half, wasn't he, against France? Uh, what, when Russell went off or just yeah. in general? When Russell went off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which makes sense, I suppose. Uh, just sort of looking at the centres, obviously Scotland have named their squad on the Wednesday and it mm. looks like England aren't going to be naming their squad till the Friday. Yeah. Do you think that they might ship in Ben Teal? At 13. At 13. Look, um, looking at that, whilst obviously you know Russell Horn and Jones have all got the merits, I'd say they're all stronger attacking and defensively. Yeah, yeah. And I know Horn does punch above his weight, but I think you know Teal's a different beast, mm. and Teal can make some of the best defenders in the world look relatively inept. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, do you think that's something they might look to exploit? Yeah, I, I could see them doing it. Um, I think. Horn's sort of okay at tackling, but it, it tends to be the the big ones, the big important ones that he misses. Yeah. And if you've got tear running down your channel all day, that's that's a lot to deal with. Um, so it's a shame that Dunbar didn't come into the squad and must still be unfit. Um, but at the same time, either's like quite terrifying to play against, particularly you think about how well Joseph played last year. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> like, you know, cutting Jones apart. So yeah, they're both quite bad options for Scotland. I think that I think they're going to stick with Joseph. So I, think, I, I think they back Joseph defensively as well because I think they'll see Hugh Jones as, as a threat. Yes, and I guess sort of looking at that matchup from last year, I think you know Joseph. Whilst obviously Hugh Jones actually got two tries last year, yeah, against England, I think you know Jonathan Joseph was a standout player. He got a hat trick, and he literally ripped us <laughs> to shreds. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> um, finally, sort of looking at the back three mm. if you're looking at possibly one area on the pitch where you could say that Scotland maybe going in with a slightly higher caliber player would you say it's the, the back three you look at Hogg v Brown and obviously totally different players yeah Brown's annoyingly been playing quite well I just think Brown does quite well in games against sort of Scotland where he just seems to have like an edge he knows yeah. he's gonna win and he's He's got that like, sort of. He does. He's a bastard. <laughs> yeah. He's got that like dog. He doesn't care. I, I think Salt and Scotland sometimes like fail on that that front a bit. Yes. And then other wingers, Watson and May. Yeah. I feel like you could exploit both of them. Yes. Un- under kicks. I feel like if you if you got to May play smart with them. Yeah. Um. Yes. Agree. I think May is a weakness defensively and in terms of retrieving the kicks mm. and it'd be interesting to see I'm just trying to think of sides if he's up against Tommy Seymour 
yep. whether they look to pinpoint that in terms of putting in some crossfield kicks, yeah. putting yeah. some pressure on him, because I think you're wanting to keep it away from the Watson and Brown side who are both yeah, pretty good, really strong in the air. Yeah, I, th- I think you know before the Lions tour or, or even during the Lions tour, you'd say that Seymour would be sort of you know ahead of Johnny May when he got selected ahead of Johnny May. But yeah, Seymour he's been pretty poor this season, like pretty poor for Scotland as well. Yes. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Uh, and what do you what do you I guess what do you think that is? I think obviously most of my viewing of him is driven through Glasgow where he's been sort of a regular regular sort of stand up performer. Scotland had a really he had a really good year last year. And at Lions he just seemed to really struggle to impose himself on yeah. any on any yeah. I know he was top try scorer or whatever, but he, he didn't have a good Lions. No, no. And <laughs> it just seems like that sort of Confidence with ball in hand, com- confidence in the air as well mm. has just been sort of severely lacking since that Lions tour. Yeah, and it doesn't seem to have sort of got. I know it's only two against the Scotland, but sort of evolved off the wing in terms of like coming in as a as a strike runner or getting yes. his hands on the ball very much. Which, yeah, to me, se- seems like it's a confidence thing. He's not a natural ball player, though. You say that, but he's. He's excellent under the high ball. Yes, that requires like loads of skill and coordination. No, that is fair. I guess but I, I do know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, right, we're thinking about the bench. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting. Scott Lawson still in there. How is he still there? Ready to go. See John Welsh playing for Newcastle the weekend when they beat Bath. John Welsh set up a wee try. Little offload. Yeah, just. Just stay in Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing well there. Well, actually, that's reminded me. The one piece of news we didn't talk about was... Oh, yeah, Christ. Scotland ha- investing in Newcastle Falcons. The Trojan horse appears to have failed. And they're now moving slightly closer to home to the, the Falcons. With a slightly different setup. Look, what, a 20% investment, which... I mean, that that's a story in what, what, Monday? Yeah. And we've heard nothing since. Yeah. Like, genuinely nothing. So I don't know if it's a bit of a throwaway but I think article. I think it possibly was, but I think the fact that there has been rumours about Worcester, which at the time we were a little bit unsure of and thought maybe this is just a bit of hot air. And now there's been rumours about Newcastle. There's no smoke without fire, and it clearly shows that Scotland are sniffing around. Yeah, for no, I think I think that's definitely true. Where are they getting all this cash from? I don't know. <laughs> I, how much is 20% of Newcastle? <laughs> I mean, I had no idea, but 
presuming millions of pounds. Yeah. I don't know. Twittersphere, on our Twitter at least, was not reacting kindly to the news, calling it a vanity project, saying invest in another pro team. I'm sure they've thought of these things. Maybe they just don't think it's viable. I think, you know, they actually you in a bit of a bind because they obviously want to have more Scottish rugby players playing kind of professional rugby week in, week mm. out. And they, they know, or playing a high level of rugby week in, week out. And obviously we've looked, tried to do a third pro team. It didn't work. And I think we could, we're all relatively sure that it's, it wouldn't work again in the borders. And there's just yep. not enough of a fan base in Sterling or Aberdeen yep. currently to make it a sort of a sustainable mm. endeavour. Obviously, they're looking at the Super 6. We've heard rumours that they might be trying to increase it to eight teams. Yeah. Again, there doesn't seem to be a particularly great response from the club no, teams to that. Not. And so it feels to me that this is more an act of last resort. And they just feel that this need to grow the pool of players is yeah. so needed yeah. Yeah. that they're looking at every option available. Yeah, which I, I don't blame them for that at all. And I think that, you know, maybe it is an innovative solution that that could work. Yeah. I don't see how it would work at the moment, but at least they are trying things. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Going back to the matter at hand, yeah. though. Right. WPNL. Oh, aye. <laughs> um, thank you to one of our anonymous sources who mm-hmm. slipped it... Uh, slipped us a message to say that it looked like WPNL might be back for the game. Not played since beginning of December. It was that, was was that right? 12 weeks, yeah. 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 11, yeah. 11, 11 weeks. weeks. Yeah. Um, Comes straight back in into the bench. Although I have been told that because of the type of injury, obviously it was an arm fracture. Yeah. He's been, a, he's been able to keep up like fitness work. Okay. It's so it's not stuff. like he's lost much fitness over yeah. that time. Yeah. It's more just sort of... Um, well, we'll see. Playing time. Well, yeah. I mean, he's not exactly ever been yeah, the fittest man yeah. alive. Yeah. Um, thoughts on him coming back? I think hopefully we'll. Get, I think our scrum has been struggling at the back end of games mm. over yeah. sort of Wales and France, and good to have someone like him, especially if you bring on him and Jamie Batty, helps almost to like even yeah, it out. Balance it out. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's really good, and I think that <laughs> even sort of maybe England seeing him on the bench will sort of think twice about. That, that sort of dominance they might have at the scrum. So yes. I think he's really well regarded. I think he probably would have toured with the Lions if he weren't yes. injured. Um, so I think that's, that's really, really good. Uh, the slight shame is that we're still on the loose head side, like pretty, well, you've got Gordon Reid. Yeah. Pretty awful. Oh, it's, the scrum was okay against France. And then Batty, who's still untested, and I wouldn't want to be sort of chucking him in against an England pack against Dan Cole, it would be? No, absolutely not. I think I, I think maybe against Wales, it was too much having Gordy Reid and John Welsh on the pitch at the same time. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I think for this game, we've sort of talked about before, it's just like Gordon Reid. And you know what? I think maybe we're a little bit harsh with Gordon Reid. I think before he moved to London Irish and he had a couple of injuries, he was essentially starting. Yeah, yeah. And I think we were quite gutted that he moved to London Irish, actually. Yeah. I think it'd be quite a big loss to Glasgow. Um, it feel it doesn't feel like going to London Irish has really helped his sort of <laughs> career trajectory. And no, essentially, no. it looks like he's going to be playing in the Championship next year, which um, again isn't great for our prop it's depth. Bad. I wonder if he'll come back up. Yeah, well, I suppose well, there's quite a lot of props coming through Edinburgh Glasgow though. I would rather Gordon Reid stayed at London Irish and Batty Ferguson, 
Darcy Ray, etc. Yeah, Murray McCallum. Murray McCallum, people yeah, like that. Yeah. Got, got additional history. game time. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, Gordy Reid is starting BBT. Yeah, yeah. Quite harsh. Has I been find. dropped. Yeah. You, is it just Swinson gives you that little bit more grunt in size coming off the bench with maybe 15, 20 minutes to go? I don't think Swinson's as big as Tulis. I would say he, he's not as big, but I think he's slightly more of a dog and aggressive in the sort of close quarters. Yeah, I could see that. I think he may be quite willing to go toe-to-toe with with England pack. Yeah. Um, I, it's still quite harsh, though, because I thought that Tulis against a big... Oh, they're actually the same weight. Uh, that actually, Tulis played really well against France in a fairly physical match. Yeah. So he can feel quite hard done by. I suppose you bring in Swinson, you don't exactly lose anything. Yeah. And he can play flanker as well. So and he's quite experienced. Yeah. So it makes sense, I suppose. And I guess for, uh, let's very quickly, briefly, Nick Grigg brought in, I think, obviously after his performance against the Cheetahs. Mm. And the ob- I don't feel like Chris Harris has been able to show kind of what he's made no, of. It, kind of. Unfortunately not. And I think Nick, Nick Grigg's never going to come on and do a bad job. No, you know? I, I think actually, I, mean, I, I don't know how the game will go, but if you bring on Nick Grigg, you've got someone who's genuinely explosive and can do something a bit different. Yes. So, and I'm, I'm sure England don't know that much about him. So you, you do have a bit of an element of surprise. Whether that'll be important at the time he comes on, yes. I don't know. And when you see, if one of the back three go down, Blair Kinghorn making his debut at home against England, yep. that is punchy. Although On, on the wing. On the wing <laughs> against God. Anthony Watson. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, but look, you know, we're massive fans of him on the pod. I think it's time for him to get some game time yeah. and see yeah. whether he's able to sort of step up, step up at that level. Yeah. I think, you know, we're going down to the game. This are, yeah. Saturday, very excited about sitting on our own, sitting on our own, despite being <laughs> on the same. So my dad bought a season ticket for for all the matches um, last autumn and this this for the Six Nations and for four of us, and they are all completely separate. Can we just look over at you every couple of minutes, be like nod my head or yeah. shake my head? Oh, like, so much shaking in the head. On it, um, I think the crowd is going to be huge. I think. Because Dave obviously was at the France game and said that the crowd almost like rose and fell with the sort of yeah, motions yeah, of the game. Yeah. And I just, I remember, I think, it was the, what was the England game I was at maybe sort of six years ago where within about the first five minutes, England went about 7-0 up. Mm. And I honestly don't think there was more than a murmur yeah, for the, yeah. the rest of the game. Yeah. And it, it really just sort of sucked the atmosphere out of the mm. occasion. Mm. Um Prediction, what do you think? I mean, I obviously love nothing more than to see the victory, but I just can't see it happening. I think that England is still a really, really impressive outfit. I think that they'll grind us down and even have the ability to go around us and through us in the backs. I just think when they get that platform, Scotland on the back foot will be really struggling. So I think England by 12, maybe 15. That is depressing. I know Dave yeah. messaged us to say that his view was England by 20. Yep. I don't know if it's because we're doing this pre-work, but <laughs> I 
I think this could be Finn Russell's game. Well, it's time to shine. I just think Finn Russell's too good a player to have three bad games in a row. I, ho- I hope he's too good. And maybe I'm still slightly lost in the Finn Russell aura, but I I generally think he's a world-class player. I think he's had two of his... I think Wales, one of his possibly his worst game at international level. Yeah. I think France, there was a few things he did well, but I think in general he had a relatively poor game. Yeah. And as I said, I just think he's too good a player to continue on this trajectory. And mm. I, th- I I, don't think he's the sort of player that's going to get weighed down by a lot of the sort of negative press. And I think hopefully he's going to use it to drive Scotland to the win. <sighs> the win. I think Scotland to go win by two. Bloody hell, mate. Really? No tries. Can't see that happening. Attritional affair. Scotland are definitely going to concede. They'd love to concede tries. 12 10 Scotland. 12 10 Scotland. That's my shout. Wow. Yeah. Well, one try to England. Yeah. Grieg with, Grieg with four kicks. We um, live in hope. Live in hope. One quick quiz question for you. Yeah, let's do it. Who is the one player in either of Scotland or England squads who was involved in the 2008 Scotland win? In either. In either squad. Uh, Richard Wigglesworth. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I, was looking at, I was literally looking at the team yesterday to look at really? how bad the England team was. And I saw Wigglesworth was starting. I will credit that to fan of the pod, Jamie Irvin, who uh, good question. was um, meshing me about that yesterday. Final thing. Edinburgh and Glasgow. So obviously the pro games are still going on, even though Masaga is playing in Troon. Um, let's start with the Edinburgh game because it was the most exciting one of um, of the week. So Edinburgh seventeen sixteen tries for Harris and Carmichael. Hidalgo climb with the conversions, and in the last minute, the pudding, the legend himself, Donkey Ware, with a drop kick to win the game unbelievable I mean it was quite an easy drop kick but I quite like the fact that it was like one carry off the back of the scrum and then he dropped in the pocket and he wasn't even that deep yeah he just bats himself massively yes you think maybe a team would sort of zigzag for a bit get like the perfect position he was like no that's fine I'll get it I am the pudding's obviously a relatively well loved member of the um Oh yeah, of the of the Scotland setup in general, and I think it was um, Ryan Wilson who came out with uh, with a tweet saying, along the lines of, "The pudding's been you know chucked across to Edinburgh, chucked down to Worcester, yeah. brought back up to Edinburgh." Yeah. Basically, I think two days before this game, was told that his services were no longer required next year, <laughs> and then obviously goes across to Ulster and scores the winning drop kick, which. Um, you know, I, I've got a lot of t- you know I've got a lot of time for yeah, a lot of respect s- for that. someone like Ryan Wilson coming out and saying that because I think one of the things that we've heard from speaking to people who are involved in sort of probably the more mainstream media mm. around the SRU and from speaking to a few of the players is that the SRU are almost you know paranoid about controlling the message yeah, that yeah, comes definitely. out, and I think it's nice to see something like that which is just you know. It's his friend, yeah, and he thinks yeah, he's been genuine. treated shit, and it's genuine. Um, and so, no, got got a lot of time for that. And I think, yeah. so yeah, Edinburgh. We sort of said last week that this was the big game they had mm. to sort of t- take on Ulster. Um, 
And away, away at Ulster, winning in the last minute. I mean, how uncharacteristic oh of Edinburgh pre Cockrell yeah. era. Exactly. Um, and I just, I, I only managed to see the highlights, but so scored some really nice tries as well. Like, yeah. Um, Harris's try was a really good finish, and Carmichael from the inside pass from I think it was Mata. Absolutely unbelievable. He's a real player. Yeah. Co- Co- Cockrell rates him really, really highly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's. 15, 15 victories out of twenty one now, and it's it's not just sort of the rubbish matches that they've won. It's it's the big game. It's the big games. Now I mean, the, the rubbish pressure. matches make it look a little bit. Better. Well, yes, of course, <laughs> but but the fact they went to Ulster when there is pressure on that's their first pressure match, I suppose. Yes, um, I just think it shows the work that Cockrell's done, paying dividends. And I can't remember who did this piece of work on Twitter, but there was a really interesting. Um, analysis done about the quality of opponents that each pro team have to come up okay and actually edinburgh had drastically easier opponents in comparison to ulster oh really going forward so also uh, are, are all over the shop as well at the moment uh, yeah ulster are all over the shop and they've got one of the hardest run-ins of uh, any of the pro teams no coach so you know cockrell's obviously got this team you know all guns blazing and, you know, it looks for the first time in a long time, it's possible we might have two teams in the Champions Cup next year. Yeah, I know. Which, um, you know, is great for Scottish rugby. And also, I just think in general, you know, I think Cockrell's going to have to do a bit more recruiting in the summer. Mm. And just being able to dangle that Champions Cup carrot pre-World Cup is yeah. always just a massive, massive thing for massive. players. Um, yeah, it's all good. No, abso- absolutely great. And um, Glasgow just chugging along as per usual 37-23 against the Cheetahs Matawalu Jackson the Nuke George Horn and Pergos all with tries Hastings banging over a few conversions a few pens did you see Rui Jackson's try? yeah it was class like what's happened to him? <laughs> he's so good now why is he so good? I don't understand there's a strong possibility he'd get player of the year at Glasgow yeah yeah, de- yeah definitely he's played what that's he's played every game now? Yeah. Or he definitely had played every game at a point. It's, I think Rue Jackson is, you know, he's just a, he is quite a good natural rugby player. Yeah, I yeah. don't know if being under that Rennie setup has just sort of allowed him to sort of open up his game maybe that little bit more. Mm. Um, so, no, great to see. And then the Nuke. Oh, mate, he loves Glasgow. Look at him. Mate, he loves it. The Nuke got a try. He's still bloody shit. <laughs> <laughs> he is lumbering around that pitch. Is the scrum okay? Yeah. Fine. The first um, cheetah's try was he took it up and some... Oh, uh, the lad ripped it. The yeah. lad just ripped out his hands. And it was a fair, back. Was like, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough if you're a back. But if you're a prop and you're getting ripped out your hands by a, by a cheetah's player, then a cheetah's back, then I think you've got to look yeah. at yourself. And yeah. also Matt Wally. Just sort of like four cheetahs guys just ran past him with the ball and he just didn't <laughs> seem to really realise what was going on. And then he just kind of jogged back. He's like, uh, And then to be fair, he scored an absolute world really, yeah, try. Good try, good try. All the tries were, were pretty like, high quality. They were, actually. And Pergos' try was so good at the end. Pergos hasn't run that far for about <laughs> four years. <laughs> he looks a bit confused. Um, and then I think it was... Duh, 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 oh, I can't remember who he put on Twitter, but George Horn's strike rate. Is I didn't unbelievable. See that. Really? So in his six starts, six starts this year, he's got in the Pro Twelve, he's got six tries. Really? And then he actually got three assists in his start against Exeter. And yeah, <coughs> I think he's rocking something like eight or nine tries this year in the in the Pro Fourteen. 
I'm just checking now to see how many tries he's he's got. Uh, and you know, I think George Horn. I think we've wa- we've kind of watched his career over the last few years, going from sort of club rugby under twenties, you know, sevens, mm. where you know people worried about his size, but he really stood up as possibly the kind of star performer last year. Yeah. And now again, he's sort of gone had this opportunity in the Glasgow squad, and you've got to say he's. S- definitely second scrum half in that team now. Yeah, he's definitely. I mean, even he's I don't know, the fact he like started extra. I mean, he's definitely the form scrum half. Yes, definitely. He's he's got eight tries this season. So he's second in the list. But pretty amazing for a scrum half. Pretty amazing for a scrum half who hasn't even played that yeah. many that yeah. many games or started that many games. Yeah, yeah. And I don't. He's just such an intelligent player in terms of he makes he makes those runs that one out of ten you get the try, and 9 out of 10, you've blown your arse, and you get literally no, no reward yeah, for it. Yeah, um, I'd like to see him tested in those sort of games that would like mimic internationals. So a game where the pace isn't quite so high and it's a bit yeah. tighter, and you've got to rely on strategic kicking and just controlling the game a bit more. Yeah. Because I think the games, the games he does well in are where it's a bit kind of helter-skelter. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean... Summer cap? Absolutely. Yeah. Think think it has to be. Yeah. Um Hastings possibly not looking as strong as Horn, but still not looking uncomfortable at that level. I think the fact that you, you bring him in and he's not really he doesn't play that often and then he can come in and, and still do a job is pretty impressive. Yeah. Because you could definitely use that as an excuse, being like, Oh, he's been in and out of the starting lineup. I I've been pretty impressed with him this season. I'm starting to get more comfortable with the idea of him in Horn next year. I'm still not all the way there. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be good to bring in some an experienced 10 in some capacity. Yeah, yeah. Pudding, maybe. Pudding. <laughs> um, but no, I think his, again, his trajectory still continues to increase and yeah. he's doing well. Right, should we call that a day? Yeah, mate, I think that was, that was good, just two of us. Let's never do the podcast before work. Oh, mate. Ever so again. So bad getting up this morning. I had to set seven alarms. <laughs> I had it six, six or two, or four, all the way through to six, twelve. Oh, mate. And I only got up at six, twelve. <laughs> yeah, that's the way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Hopefully, we'll be back next week with our Scotland win and a full compliment. Yeah, it should be. Of. Um, people here dave will have hopefully lost eight pounds and we'll be back with his warm and dulcet tones to um to lead you through but um until next uh, scotland win scotland win yeah uh and yeah see you next week thanks very much cheers guys hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 